Nothing more miserable on a wet, wet Sunday than watching your county lose. Not once, but twice. I go through the double whammy of the hurlers and the ladies losing Sunday afternoon and I also have Dermot O'Neill on with me. We have a good chat about the fundraiser he's doing for the Kevin Bell Reparation Trust in memory of his late friend Joe Bourne, good Tigerish cornerback from the Finbars. He actually is a good comparison with a good former Man United Irish legend as well. It's not, not Roy Keane, so it's another one. But um, good chat with him. So it's all jam-packed show tonight. Episode 193 of the Loud and Proud podcast with first Oasis. Yeah, so I'm going to go in order of the losses on the double whammy, and it's the Horlers. They kicked off, they threw in, and of course they kicked off, I suppose they did kick off um, in their loss to Monaghan. Kicked off right away from uh, Monaghan. They got a really good start. They were probably just better throughout the game, and they were always chasing. The Loud team to start, Rory Morris, he was in goals, uh, Danny Morgan right full. Andrew Smith back in the team went in at full back and Adam Plunkett is a uh, Knockbridge teammate was left full. Adam Lai right half, Donald Ryan said half, Jamie McDonald left half, Shawnee Crosby and Niall Keenan went into the middle of the field. Mark Gahan, top scorer on the day, was on the right wing. Phelan Joyce on the forty, he had a hell of a game. And Sean Keneally on the left wing. Paul Matthews and Sean Kerrisk inside with Sean Hodgkins drifting in and out uh, between the lines, uh, leaving the two well, I suppose they're all uh, Feckins boys, but the two, uh, Kerrisk and Matthews, uh, inside to kind of do the damage closer to goals. Um, and like I said, Tom Hughes gets a great start for them, gets them a goal straight away in the contest and just settles them down, allow their chase. And to be fair, allow drive back into it and a couple of goals. Uh, Mark Gahan gets a goal, gets twice. And he makes it a one-point game at half-time, 2-7 to 2-6. And then, sorry, yeah, looked at their driving in after the two goals. And then Hughes gets another goal. Sack same, gets the ball in the, in the left corner. Torrens' man drives in along the end line and, and buries a pass there, Rory Morrissey. So there was only a point in at half-time. They, they took to that one-point lead. But they were playing well. They were getting back into it. Phelan Joyce, I mentioned at the start there, he was hitting some serious scores, you know, really good scores at a run. And they had their uh, goalkeeper, Black Carla, just on the stroke of half-time. So you, you're thinking, first 10 minutes of the second half is going to be massive. And we have that advantage. And... We did start, we started quite well, we got the lead, uh, Sean Kerris gets a great goal, great ball in from Liam Malloy, he got a great point in the first half as well actually, Sean Kerris finished, we got, gives us the lead, but in between those Thomas Hughes goals, Mark Trainer was very good in the week, you know, he finished with one line, uh, oh, sorry, with, yeah, sorry, with nine points, uh, really good, really good game, really good display, and uh, yeah, he, he was kind of a torn to side, um, and he look at we were playing well. We're getting back into. We had that extra man. We got the goal with Karras, but then um, red card for Paul Matthews, uh, straight red card, and then another double whammy on the day. Of double whammies. The trainer goes and he finds the net, and that kind of just put them in descent. He took the life out of Loud's legs, and they pushed on. Bourne came back on the goalie and, and buried the penalty, and. Uh, Substitute first half, substitute Park Malone. He came on and got a goal as well. So, look, they will have to regroup once again. Uh, all is not lost in this Laurie Mara Cup. They can, they can drive on and rebound and uh, hopefully get themselves realigned. But Monaghan just seemed like a bogey side. I know we beat them last year, but it's just, oh, it's frustrating. 
frustrating now to lose to them, I have to say. Um, especially when we didn't perform, we can perform an awful lot better. You know, Darren Gagan actually came off the bench, he got a couple of points in the second half as well. Uh, Park Fallon, come on, Andrew Mackin and Matthew Fee also come on. So, yeah, just, oh, just a, yeah, uh, just, it, they were big physical, big lumps, Monaghan, more kind of ignorant and kind of suited the day that, that was in it, kind of just getting the bodies around the, the web where uh, set there and that and just dogging it out and they just they just had that and kind of loud kind of ran out of steam towards the end of the second half playing with 14 men for the majority of that second half um, also so yeah yeah tough loss but they, uh, they'll, they'll regroup all is still not lost keep keep the faith I'm going to keep the faith anyway the loud ladies they went on went on down to the clans and they got the they got it they got the start Monaghan got in the horlers they they got a really good start um, but it just yeah it just it never it failed to ignite after that um, just to give you the team that started let me see I have it here um, I tell you one thing we do have we we have a we have a really good goalie really really good goalie Rebecca Lamfagan she was she was good made good saves as well and just steady maybe one kick out with a pressed up on us but other than that she was fine their targets uh, Eilish hand right full really good really dogged really good display um, running out in front of a marker and I think it was uh, Sarah Fitzgerald just got a hand in right in front of the stand there so just shows how good, how good a defender she is Sarah Quinn as well really good full back Ema Murray left ball Kira Nolan right half Shannon McLaughlin captain and Aoife Russell left half back I'll talk about her now in a second Eva Halligan and Ruth Hannah in the middle of the field Halligan had a good game got through an awful lot of work Roisin Kavanagh Laura Collins and Jenny McCourt putting in a lot of work as well on the wings um, Kate Flood kind of Inside um, with Aoife Bourne and kind of Emer Bourne floating around the field, dropping as a torpid fielder. Um, a couple of subs after half time. Kira Woods, Rebecca Carr come in and talk about Hoare in a second, and Michelle McMahon and uh, Hannah O'Neill. She also came in off the bench. But at least, at least are good side, like they're dogged and they're uh, probably a little bit more experienced. Like we've a couple of young players there, just like coming into it fresh, but they're kind of like they have a lot of elder statesmen. Doing like doing jobs for a long time at a higher level, and it just it just showed in patches, but but they really put it in and it, it, oh, trying conditions again, you know, soggy wet ball, um, and just really could go one of the, one of the one of the best goals of the weekend from Eva Russell. She kind of wins the ball in in her own half back line, um, like a lot, and then wins the ball, picks it up, and it spins really well out of a tackle, evades the tackle in the pickup the process of picking the ball up and it just goes on this run like kind of like German Morte for us coming in the league final a couple of weeks ago just kept going just said you know what keep going keep going and she found herself in the 14 yard line and drove the ball in really they, they had no chance of scoring and uh, yeah it was a really good goal gave us a really good start to the game and uh, yeah I thought yeah we're going to power on here then, then we're going to waste I think we kicked five wides in the first half Um Kate Flood, I'd say, had three of them, maybe four. It just wasn't happening enough, happening for her early on. But she was still good, like, still good around the field and probably suffered that she had come out the field further in the second half and you probably wanted her closer to goals. Um, because, they, yeah, we were just struggling in front of the post today. Um, obviously, Neve Rice wasn't uh, wasn't there, she wasn't available. And then Lauren Boyle spoke about that during the week on the podcast with Wayne Freeman. And uh, yeah, so we just couldn't get the scores, and we and we missed, and that 
that allowed Leash to drive back into the game and they did drive back into the game. They responded straight away and um, after the goal, Rachel Williams did good wing forwards, they were, they were able to press and get in but uh, from that first point did the re- the, the complete I never seen I seen it in Aussie rules and that but but the whole Leash team like pressed and they just they were happy to leave K Flood and uh, Aoife Bourne in the full forward line unmarked. Do you know what I mean? Like leaving those two unmarked, pressed really high up the field, um, intercepted the ha- their half back. Um, Anna Healy, she intercepted it and powered on and worked the move with uh, the full forward. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Laura Marie Maher, and she gave it to Ina, Eva Galvin, and Galvin finished in a really good finish. And they, they kind of they go they hit one four, no reply. They didn't score for the rest of the first half, and uh, only four points in at half time. And Ailey Stoner got the last point of the half, and for at least she was dogged. Now she was thrown away around. Possibly should have been sent off in the second half, and um, throwing the fists, you know, uh, but. Mo Nearney's probably the best player in the field, really concentrated. She got the first point in the first half and she kind of killed us in the end. But uh, Loud eventually broke the scoring drive. 35 minutes, got the goal after three minutes and I think it was a 38 minute when we got our next score. Flood got it with a free and then Russell was involved again in Loud's other goal and that was a savage ball, sprayed the ball across right onto Rebecca Carr, run onto it lovely and drilled it, rooted rifle to the neck, got the Loud fans there onto their feet in, uh, you know, that lovely feeling when you see a move come together and blast and let. So we were right in descendancy and then uh, Carr levels the game next attack with a free and then it got worse for Leash and better for Loud. Their midfielder, Jane Moore, talking about throwing the weight around. She was sin-binned. Um, like, all of a sudden, we, were, we was in there. It was there for us. Like, they won Division 3 last year. We were very unlucky again them last year. But um, it, it, it kind of tensed up and you kind of felt that these two teams is going to gonna win the group. You know, taking that... Oh, you probably get home advantage if you finish top. And both teams started to tighten up with the sin-bind. They probably obviously got a bit more conservative we just kinda were looking to go now and, and, and realise right we can win this game after getting level and both sides came shot shy but Laura Marie Maher mentioned her earlier on she did all the bulk of the work and then nearly did all the damage poaching that that just edged the game. We couldn't get back into it <coughs> back into it after that. Two five to two two and that's how it finished they they defended quite doggedly. We were a little bit lateral and uh, although like the subs have definitely made it a big impact Rebecca Carr coming in Kira Woods as well um, and Michelle McMahon too experience a lot of experience off the bench you know and good finishers but it just wasn't to be we just couldn't get the scores couldn't push it on and couldn't get like we did they did try very hard uh, but all is not lost they get second place and they probably will and they should be ruled to beat Wicklow already this year, but they beat uh, awfully as well last year too. So two big games coming up in the next couple of weeks for the Loud Ladies. So all is not lost, but it's disappointing loss all the same in terms of going forward and only only getting four scores on the day. Although two serious goals, but um, yeah, they will be disappointed. Uh, but to have to dust themselves down and get on with it because they're you know can't stand still. I have not stood still, and I've done a league all about it show, and I usually put it in. Um, here on the podcast but I've done it separately so it's up there for free if you're not able to watch the show back brought to you by the cleaning doctor external cleaning service in Laird and Monaghan if you want to look at all who who won and who did well in the Hollywood Development Leagues um, go in there and look at it and watch it or listen to it while you're 
doing your hoover and all your, your lawnmower or your ironing um, and uh, if you want someone added to the, I have a group there kind of uh, elderly group or whatever and they just they, instead of going looking for that I send them out the link to get the load in and, and get them filled right up so if you've a grandfather grandmother that want like to be informed like to be um, kept up to date and save you filling them in and, and, and telling them who's doing well and who's going rightly um, get on to me and I'll, and I'll, I'll send them the link and add them to the group um, um, so yeah I have that up so we've looked at plenty of narratives a lot of hat-trick heroes a lot of contrasts from last year and this year and teams are forming anyone can beat anyone basically what we came to and we had a nice uh, performance of the week so yeah right we're going to uh, finish now with an interview usually I like to get people on and have chats and this time Darren O'Neill come on from Tor, from the Finbar from Anagasan actually and his friend from down the road in Andy Gas and passed away in 2019, Joe Bourne, a key player. He was part of that breakthrough team in 2001. And I was delighted to have Dermot on to chat about Joe, the person and the footballer. Um, he passed away. And with the help of the Kevin Bell Reparation Trust, they got Joe home. And like in terms of helping out the family and all that, it's just amazing the work to do. So to pay them back in some small way they're hosting uh, a fundraiser Talking Balls fundraiser um, so you're going to have Brian McClare there former Man United um, kind of cult hero Sean Cavan's going to be there Eric Lawler and Willows will be playing uh, music as well so I caught up with Dermot and we go through it it's up on April the 30th I have the link up um, if you want to get your ticket now even if you're not able to go buy a ticket and um, at least then you can Kind of um, look for uh, look, uh, give uh, money to the fundraiser. So really good cause, really good night ahead. Here's the interview with Dermot. I think I think you'd find it quite interesting. Dermot, talking balls. This event on the thirtieth of April in McHugh's. Tell tell me a little bit about the event itself uh, before we get into it. Sure, Dan. Yeah. Uh, th- but first of all, thanks for having us on, and and uh, delighted to to give you some more information. So we managed to rope Brian McClare of Manchester United and Salford Fame in to come over um, through a couple of contacts. Uh, okay. This is an idea of one of our friends, Ronan Mulroy. We call him Rasher. So um, he, he uh, was was very very close mates with Joe Bourne, uh, our friend who passed in December 2019 in the US. Um, so yeah, Brian McClare was the starting point. Then we managed to get uh, Sean Kavanagh and um, we have Eric Lawler of Fair City and Comic Fame. And then we have uh, a local band from Blackrock, uh, Dundalk, uh, the Will and Fools, who are, who are going to gig for us that night too. Now there's talk also of perhaps Stephen Kenny coming in uh, to do a, a cameo. And we're trying to pull in maybe a couple of others like Gary Kelly, uh, maybe on the night too. So maybe we might be lucky enough to get a couple of la- the loud lads in. Um, but I'm not sure uh, how they're fixed. But, um, you know, it's gone out through all the clubs. It's gone out through the clubs in in uh, in Down, Armagh, Monaghan, um, Dublin, Mead, Loud, LGFA, Camogie, the works, you know. So we've, we've put it through all the counties. Um and perhaps we'll get a couple of, uh, uh, you know, takers, given that we have Sean Kavanagh there, uh, at least. So, yeah, the night is set to be, um, we're kicking off at seven o'clock. Um, it's just a bit of fun and chat, uh, regaling some tales, obviously, I'd say, with Manchester United and South. It's, a, it's a hell of an idea, Dermot. It, it, yeah. uh, it was, was Joe, was he a fan of um, Man United and no. player that era? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was a big, big Liverpool fan, <laughs> funny enough. <laughs> and um, unfortunately for Joe, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, Liverpool won the, the, the Premier League in uh, 2020, uh, you know, the year after, uh, just, a, just a couple of months after Joe passed. So he never got to see it. Um, now, uh, Brian McClare is a contact to, funny enough, a Liverpool, uh, another Liverpool fan who knows somebody in the UK and managed to get uh, in touch with Brian McClare. So that's where it's come from. And um, Sean Cavanagh then did be added, uh, you know, was added in and very willing to do it, um, thankfully. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's going to be, you know, like an hour maybe of, of chat, a bit like sort of the off the ball format, you know, where they take yeah. the roadshow on tour. Brilliant. And funny enough, they did, they did McHugh's in the past, uh, which I attended. It was a really good night. I can't remember who was there on the night. I do think Robbie Fowler was there, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, so that's really the idea. It'll, it'll be, there'll be an MC who's Brian McClare's um, uh, podcast uh, producer. Uh, and he's going to basically, you know, throw out questions. We have a couple of questions out there for, for Sean Kavanagh also, which will be interesting to see and hear what his feedback is on the, say, you know, everything from um, Mickey Hart and, and everything that went on in yeah, Tyrone and yeah. so on and so forth. So, look, we will not uh, pry too much or, well, let's see what Sean will, will divulge. Oh, but, yeah, pry that's away, the idea. Yeah. Pry away, yeah, pry <laughs> yeah, away. Well, I hope so. Look, you, you know, you know uh, Mickey probably fairly well. You've interviewed him plenty. Um, so we'll see what we can get out of it. It'll be interesting from, from all of us as, as loud people to see what Mickey has to say. Um, yeah, and then we a bit of comedy after with Eric Lawler. And then uh, it's a band to play out tonight, a uh, couple of drinks. And uh, we're very happy that, um, you know, this is all going to a very, very good uh, cause, uh, the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust. And McHugh's have been instrumental here too in, in helping us out with the venue for uh, for nothing. Good Toker men, of course, as well there. Um, so a big shout out to them too. And come here, so the reason you're getting involved with Kevin Bell uh, Reparation Trust is obviously um, through Joe's passing. Um, they were instrumental in getting Joe home at the time. That's right, that's right. Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, our very good friend Joe, um, Joseph Bourne, um, a lad we, we, we grew up with. He's a, a local man. We, we, he and I travelled the world together. Uh, Ron and Arash are also very, very close with him, and uh, hence the organisation of this. Um, we decided, you know, we needed to give back to the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust. They were instrumental uh, following Joe's very sudden passing in, in December 20, 2019 and bringing him home. Joseph, or Joe, was, was located in uh, just outside Philadelphia, Villanova, in Pennsylvania at the time and as you'll imagine you know what do you do when somebody passes overseas how do you get them home how do you get funeral arrangements how do you get autopsy arrangements so um the kevin bell repatriation trust were recommended to the family the family made contact and everything was done by the 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 repatriation repatriation trust at the time um so you know look only for them you know everything from you know, the logistics of, of trying to, to get a, a deceased member of the family home would be just absolute torture, as you can imagine, not, not a, let alone it being very, a very difficult time for them. And it can cost upwards of 15,000 euros. So, you know, it, it's very much reliant on uh, donations, on char- charitable events. So this is our way. And, and again, I have to give uh, kudos here to our friend uh, Ronan Rasher for, for organizing this. He's... Um, this was his brainchild, and uh, we're, we're hoping that we'll have a very successful night and be able to give at least a portion of it back um, to the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust, and who's based in Uri, um, and bring um, 
you know, Irish uh, uh, deceased members, uh, family members uh, home from all over the world. They've been instrumental for us, for, for, for everybody and, and, and uh, further afield. So, you know, they do great work. And uh, the idea is really that we can acknowledge the work that they've done thus far for us. Yeah, because it's like it's a difficult time anyway, like you said, and then oh, absolutely, logistically, and even probably the time of year in December, like was just a, it's a, it's an emotional time of year anyway, and then for absolutely, them to take yeah. that out of the, out of your hands and just to kind of look after that and have have a peace of mind somewhere, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, it, yeah, it great work. Everything from everything from you know passports, you know things that you just don't think of. I mean, unfortunately, deceased. Uh, uh, bodies have to also have passports to come home um you know one phone call was all it took and they did the rest uh, you know they let the family get on with the organization of a, of a funeral back home and uh, you know let them get on with grieving which of course we were all devastated at the time when it happened because joe was sudden joe was joe was what 42 at the time um in fact yeah he was just gone 42 uh, at the time so uh, very young uh, very unexpected uh, and heartbreaking for for the family first up uh, and for all his friends and he had a wide network of friends as well um you know he was a, a local man he he played for the, the finbars won a uh, 2001 intermediate championship our very first in the club um and and very much celebrated uh, and we we celebrated for quite some time, of course, on that. Yeah, I'm going to talk, I'll get into the football now in a second, Dermot, but yeah. as a person, um, Joe's over there, he's in He's in Philadelphia, well, Villanova, like the famous college, but he's big yeah. into finance, but he's travelled the world, like, he, that's his background mainly, isn't it? Yeah, so Joe went, Joe went to uh, University of Ulster in Coleraine uh, from 96 to 2000, and then, uh, Graduated, re- relocated to Dublin, uh, got itchy feet uh, in 2004, travelled to, to uh, Australia, did the, the backpacking in Australia, uh, came back to Dublin and, and, and things were, you know, starting to get a little bit uh, dodgy around the financial sector in, in, uh, upon return, you know. So we decided um, to up sticks and go to Luxembourg. And Joe played football in Luxembourg, funny enough, where he actually broke both both wrists in a game. I'm not sure he tells us now he he was uh, he was busted, but uh, knowing Joe, he went into a tackle. Um, Joe was never afraid to go into a tackle, so he did bust both wrists playing with a local uh, with a club in Luxembourg. Um, as Joe used to say to us, Joe was in the hub of the hub, hub of Europe. That's where he he was located. That Luxembourg was the hub of Europe, and we all got a good giggle out of that. Um, so then he went on to Switzerland. Uh, he was uh, located in Zurich and earning the bucks in Zurich, which, as you'll imagine, would be uh, a great time. And uh, his lifelong goal, Dan, at the time was to, was to relocate to the States. And that came true for him in 2000. And I'm not quite sure the year, 2016 or 17. Um, so, yeah, he, he re- relocated uh, and worked in the financial sector and uh, lived in Villanova, worked in the, in the Philadelphia um, area in 2017. So, yeah, and then tragically passed away in December 19. Um, so, I suppose um, you, you gain that confidence and you have that ambition uh, off the field, but it, it kind of stems from on the field. You, you grew up with, with Joe, like you're only yeah. down the road for each other and Annie Garson. Um, yeah, was he always a talented footballer? Here he was. Here he was a teak tough cornerback. He kind of referred to it there to two broken wrists. But yeah, that that was his style, was it? Joe was our was our Dennis Irwin, Don. He okay, um, right. Mr. Dependable. He wasn't blessed. 
blessed with uh, you know the ultimate skill, but he was very much Mr. Dependable and Mr. Reliable. He was a tough tackling cornerback, very difficult to to get by. Um, and you know, back in the in the the, the era of of traditional football in 2001 where a, a cornerback got, got dizzy when they went outside the 45 meter line um uh-huh. joe was joe controlled his zone very very well um but knew the game could read the game extremely well um talented footballer you know and certainly was a massive addition because when he and i shared um uh, an apartment together in in central dublin uh, back in 2000 we decided that in 2001 we'd come back to the Finbars, having been away or on hiatus for four years, being in college and not kicked football uh, at all during that period. So we we travelled up and down uh, the M1 uh, Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, and every weekend to to train uh, with the Finbars. And that year we were uh, very successful in winning our first ever championship. The league league, as I recall it, that year ourselves actually we had a really really difficult league campaign. And uh, the league and championship were tied back then. So, uh, you know, if you were relegated yes, yeah. in league, you were relegated in championship. Um, so thankfully, we didn't get relegated um, uh, because we, we won the, the championship in the end. I think it was the, it was the Sean McDermott's. I think we both well, we, 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 yeah, we beat in the end. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and look, we've had um, a love affair with, with the Sean's. I'd say they're sick of seeing the sights of us because, you know, we beat them to junior, junior championship then in uh, 2010 too. So, um it seems to be that we seem to be their bogey team, but no, look, it was fantastic to, to win our first ever championship, having been nearly 50 years old at that stage as a club and never won a championship. But we were always in and around, you know, up at the top, top echelons of, of intermediate football, never having actually gotten up to, to senior ranks. So look, um, yeah, Joe was instrumental that year. And I think it, it showed the commitment uh, of the man to, to get in the car after work every evening at 5.30, battle the traffic um, yeah. to get down. Because Joe did the driving back then. I didn't do the driving. Joe did the driving. I was the passenger. So I could kick back and chill out in the car while we were stuck in traffic. But we made it down for 8 o'clock uh, training every every Tuesday, every Thursday, um, and back up the road then to, to uh, Dublin for 9.30, 10 o'clock or whatever, and into the bed, back up for work the next day. It was, it was, it was a great year because we had such a camaraderie around the, the, the club and the squad that year. You know, we were getting... 28, 29, 30 lads togging out for every game, um, which you know is a struggle in this day and age. To be fair, I think the young lads now wouldn't wouldn't understand if there were 30 lads on the field to play or 30 lads on on um, you know at, at a training session. And so, why do you think um, yeah, why do you think Joe went up and down the road, Dermot? Was it on yourself? I, I, was it was it the love or was there, um was yeah it was the back was his brothers involved or. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Joe Joe was a cousin of John Osborne uh, and the Osborne uh, dynasty, uh, if okay, you like. Dynasty, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, they're obviously they have a love affair with uh, with football and loud football. Obviously, John uh, allowed uh, stalwart for years, um, but Robbie and Vincey, his other cousins, you know, um, and then Thomas Butterley as well, uh, whose son uh, Jack is is playing currently too. Um, you know, so there's a big love affair there. Then you have, you know, Bernard Osborne, uh, uh, Stuart, all playing uh, at the minute. Also, you know, with the O'Connells there too. So it's it's it, it is a, f- a football dynasty. Uh, Martin, his his older brother, was uh, a fantastic player and, and current uh, coach with uh, the underage um, within the club. 
And then you had Peter, his his other his, his other older brother, who'd be another friend of, of mine also. He played in Galway, played in championship finals, senior championship finals in Galway too. So there was always a big rivalry and competition within the family. So it was like it was great to get one up on ship on uh, for Joe to, to win the championship that year. Um, and I think he just put his head to it and said, now we're going to go back and we're going to do this. And the fact that we, we were both doing it and, and had committed uh, made it an awful lot easier uh, for the two of us because, you know, we, we, we could uh, keep each other company up and down the road because back then there was no M1. Um, you know, you, you didn't have the, well, the traffic doesn't flow very well now even, but, you know, it was, it was a tough spin up and back. It was an hour and a half at least. So you're three hours of your day. Um, you know, after work on a Tuesday, on a Thursday, and then into the games at the weekend. So at least the weekends would stick around for, for at home. But, you know, um, yeah, I think Joe just said, okay, we're going to give this a shot. And, and fair play to him. That was his, that was the man. The man was a determined man. And, and uh, you know, we're ever grateful from, uh, to him for it. And, and with, with winning the championship, like, it all that sacrifice paid off. And, and how, did you, how did you celebrate that, that kind of um, <laughs> sacrifice and all that hard work? Well, I don't know if you look at, at your records, uh, Dan. I mean, we, we drew the first game and, yes. and we were extremely lucky to draw the first game. Um, I didn't even play in this game, but I was nervous as hell. I think um, we were all in our early 20s back then. And, you know, this was a big thing for the parish. The pressure was on. We'd never won a championship. Um, we'd been in, in several finals and, and didn't get over the line. And we, I, I think we went in as slight favourites, just slight favourites at the time. But uh, the following... Two weeks later, as I recall, the replay, um, you know, Stephen Devlin came on and, and, and scored, a, a, I think, 1-2 or 1-3 to, to carry us over the line um, because we were struggling up to a point. And it was just a sense of relief. Um, you know, there, was, there were old men in the parish crying. We, we, we went to the tavern in, uh, up, at, um, up in Toker straight after it. And, you know, the congratulations were... Second to me, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't write these stories. It was, I heard Joe was, was a bit of a character. He, he oh, yeah, everybody knew Joe. Oh, good man, celebrate, yeah. Everybody took the week off work, of course. You know, it was, <laughs> it, it was a foregone conclusion, regardless, win, lose, or draw again. Um, but uh, yeah, Joe had had uh, was instrumental in terms of organizing where we would go. You know, it was, it was, um. It, it was Toker the first night. It was Anagas in the second night. It was Castle Banning on the third night. It was we, we did the traditional with over the Shans. Uh, I think on the Monday night too. So um, you know, it, it was very much a a, tra- a a traditional championship win, even back in two thousand one. Um, but look, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. It was just fantastic times. Um, we were all young, free, no kids, no no family, no wives, or uh, uh, our, our girlfriends to tell us what to do at the time. So you know. Uh, and we managed to get everybody, you know, even the John Osborns of the day, who, who were in the twilight of their careers at the time, um, to come out and celebrate with us too. So it was just a, a magical time. And Joe was instrumental in, in terms of organising where we would go day okay, after day or night, night after night. I don't want to say day after day. That would be shocking to be, to be uh, you know, uh, uh, proffering, uh, drinking all day or whatever. Celebrating, let's call it celebrating all day. Socialising. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Social, Socialising, exactly. Frequenting the the local hostilities. 
Um, no, that's great and lo- wonderful memories to have. Like looking back, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dermot, thanks very much for coming on and and really. Um, no, no. Uh, everyone, you get your tickets for um, even if you're not able to go, get a ticket and support the Kevin Bell Reparation Trust. Great night talking balls, April the thirtieth in McHugh's. You'll hear Brian McLaren, and you'll hear Sean Cavan talk about Mickey Hart and Eric Lawler and the Willing Fools will make you dance tonight with. Dermot, thanks very much. Thanks for that. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. So, yeah, yeah, good crack. Really good interview. Joe seemed like a great, great fella. Um, so, really looking forward to that night. It'd be great. I'd love to, if I do go, I, I would have um, a disguise on and maybe just kind of pepper Sean Cavanaugh with questions about Mickey Hart and what's the thinking and what's the thinking in Tyrone and what what uh, what he thinks of it all as well. Actually, it'd be interesting to get his th- thoughts on it. I think he's in, has an office in Dundalk. So whether he's hearing it both ways from Tyrone and Loud Circles and what he's thinking and uh, what what the crack is with Mickey. But uh, yeah, even Brian McClare. I remember Brian as a player back in the 90s. He was probably finishing up when I was really in, back into Man United at the time. And uh, yeah, so that that's it. Really good night. Thanks for Dermot coming on coming on and having a chat with me if your club has any fundraiser or anything they'd like to get highlighted more than happy to have you on and talk about it and having a chat just chatting football mainly that's what, that's what I love to do um, so that's it we had uh, we went through the losses we went with the League All About It show round two is up for uh, anyone if you want to hear that back more podcasts come this week um, still hectic loads happening and also yeah awfully destroyed Carlo in that under 20 so they pushed on to the Leinster semi-final um, which is really there for the taking you know Mead Offley and I think it's Kildare stand corrected but yeah more League All About It show next weekend and more podcasts for you during the week thanks very much for listening thanks very much for all your information and help during the week thanks for people who signed up also during the week um, that's it episode 193 the Loud and Proud podcast good luck bye bye chat to you during the week and if not I'll chat to you next Saturday night in the live show or next Sunday for episode 194 good luck bye bye